0: You guys can stay standing for just a moment. Here is what I want to say as I start off is this, that you are here with a purpose. Is that it's no accident that you're here this morning, and I don't know why you showed up today, or maybe you walked in going, I don't know, I don't know why I'm here, but I want you to know there are no accidents in the world. That God is over all things, involved with all things, and that you have a purpose. And I've been there before where I woke up in the morning, just kind of asked myself, like, why do I even exist? What's what's the reason that I'm going to get out of bed in the morning? And you have a purpose, but also we as a church family have a purpose. We exist with a purpose, and so I want, to, I want to remind you of the purpose of our church. ACF Church is a community of the churched, unchurched, and dechurched who work to see lost people found, found people grow, growing people trained, and trained people mobilized. No man or woman centers us, but Jesus is at the center of our community. We are a generous family living together authentically on mission for the sake of the lost. We reject superficial relationships and choose to know others and be deeply known. We speak up about our faith in our church often because time is short and eternity is long. We seek to be empowered by the Holy Spirit in ways we may have previously been uncomfortable with because we want to experience everything God has for us. We use our influence to stand up for the marginalized and hurting in our world-breaking social, racial, and denominational barriers to build up God's church. We don't take ourselves too seriously, but we are serious about Jesus. We wrestle and discuss cultural, theological, and political issues respectfully and honorably as we hold a lifelong posture of learning and discovery. Our vision and values are not driven by societal norms or cultural movements, but by the word of God, so our lives often conflict with this world. We give, serve, and love until it hurts. It's what we do after it hurts that makes the difference. We we see discomfort as an affirmation of progress. We see criticism as an evidence of impact. We see love as a way of life. We care well for our souls, our bodies, and our families without becoming self-obsessed. We are each called saints, part of the global church, uniquely empowered for kingdom work right where we are, and we will not relegate our own unique callings to anyone else. We are big thinkers, image bearers, mission mobilizers, miracle facilitators, and we'll bet the farm on what God is doing. But we're also honest about ourselves. We make a lot of mistakes, and we own it, amen, church? We confess sin quickly, looking for ways to be accountable because freedom is worth feeling awkward. Moving forward, we step boldly back onto the field of battle because shame was fully defeated on the cross. We as a church family will honor this sacred moment in time entrusted to us by God himself living fully engaged with our church family, fully awake to the leading of God and fully invested in seeing it be in Alaska as it is in heaven. Come on. Amen, amen. You guys can have a seat. Man, I feel like I get off stage after that. That's, that's so good. I, I need that. I need that reminder of why we exist. If you're like, what was that a little manifesto? Uh, about two years ago in August, I took off uh, some time. I took a sabbatical, uh, which is just kind of a churchy word to, uh, to say I took some time off to reflect, to get some space, to just kind of seek God a little bit, and, uh, and really just to, to get some perspective. And, and during that time away, I felt... Some pressure. And uh, I it was just kind of put on by myself, but I felt this pressure like, I don't know, I was supposed to come back with a, a golden tablet from the mountain or something like that, like, here is the word from the Lord. And I had all these people who loved me, who um, just, just were like, hey, Brian, it's okay. Just relax, rest, be with Jesus. No expectation. And as I was praying and, and just asking God, like, who are we as a church? These are the words that God put on my heart. And, and what I want you to know is that. That this isn't something we're making up, this is who you are. This isn't something we hope to be, this is what I see right now in our community. And sometimes it's just a good thing to, to remind ourselves of who we are. Because along the way, sometimes we forget. Isn't that true? Has anybody ever said, hey, you've, you've changed. You're a little different. Um, not necessarily for the better. Like At some point along the road, you forgot who you are. And it's so important that as a church family, we know who we are, we know that we have a purpose. And what is that purpose? Well, Jesus called us to go and make disciples of all nations. That's our call. And there's this quote by this guy named Neil Cole who's been, that's been kind of haunting me for about two years now, and I read this often. It's a good challenge to me as a church leader. He says this, ultimately, each church will be evaluated by only one thing. It's disciples. Your church is only as good as her disciples. It does not matter how good your praise, preaching, programs, or property are. If your disciples are passive, needy, consumeristic, and not radically obedient, your church is not good. This is a good reminder for us because we could build a great program and grow a crowd and have some fun music and lights on the stage and, and grieve the heart of God. And God could look down and go, that's, that's not my bride. That's not what I was intending this to be. If you don't know the word disciple, if you're kind of new to Christianity, the di- di- disciple simply means apprentice. That we're to build apprentices of Jesus. We're to lead people to Christ who is the hope of the world and teach them to obey and to follow Jesus. Why? Because that is the road that leads to life. And don't you want some life for your friends? Don't you want some life for our community, for our, 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 our political leaders locally, for our, our teachers locally, for our, our bosses? Don't you want some life for people? And that's our job. In other words, here's the deal. If we're building an audience and not an army, then we're not a good church. We need to be an army that's moving forward the kingdom of God. So we have a mission. And our mission is this, that we would amplify the grace of Jesus to the churched, the unchurched, and the de-churched. And if you're, it, it just kind of unpack that for a minute. The, these speakers up here, these speakers amplify the music that's being played by the musician, right? So these musicians, if they turn the speakers down, you don't really hear anything. But if you turn them up, people can experience what's being produced. But here's the deal. If they don't play anything, nothing comes out of the speakers. And what I want to remind you of is that you can't give what you don't have. If, if people around you aren't like, man, when I'm around you, I feel grace. When I'm around you, I sense the presence of Jesus. The reason they don't sense it is because you don't have it. It's because you're not experiencing it. It's because it's not something that's within you or, or being ex- experienced in that moment. I think sometimes we get a touch of God's grace, and then at some point we kind of leave it behind and move forward. So we are a grace church, just so you know. We are a grace church. And if you're here and you're like, you're a theologian, you're like, ah, I want to... I want to just challenge you, Brian, and bring some truth. I promise you, grace is never absent of truth. Grace without truth is not grace at all. In fact, John 1 says, Jesus shows up to the world full of grace and truth. And so those those things work simultaneously together, but, but, but there's always truth in grace. We are a church that wants to amplify the grace that's been given to us. If you ever find yourself being judgmental, being uncaring, being passive toward the people around you that are hurting, what you need is a dose of God's grace. You need to experience it again. You need to receive it again. You need to ask God for it. And so we amplify that grace as God's people to the churched, the unchurched, and the de-churched. Now, there are a lot of churches that want to build up church people, and, and we do. In fact, if you're here, Uh, and you're maybe from out of state, you just moved to Alaska, you just got PCS'd up here, or a job up here, and, and you found ACF Church, and you're a Christian, I'm so glad you're here. We need you. We need people who are followers of Jesus, who know their Bibles, who know what it's like to be part of a family together, to serve together, to love people, to be on mission, and so we need you. But here's the deal, we don't just exist for you. We will not be a church that exists just for the church. We are also a church for the unchurched and the dechurched. There are people, so many people in our community that are completely unchurched. You'd be surprised how many of your friends have only been to church at a funeral or a wedding. That's literally their only experiences with this. They drive by here, and they're like, I wonder what's with all the cars. I wonder what it's like in that building. They have no idea. And then there's the people that are de-churched. They had an experience, and it was bad. They're like, I don't like church, right? It was either boring or they were wounded somehow and they got some church hurt or something happened where they were like, I, I just, I didn't connect with it. And so we have a real heart for people who have some wounds, who are maybe a little cynical about the church. And, and this, this mission, this isn't just something we're making up, by the way. This is just what Jesus did. Jesus reached out to the church, the, the Jews of his community, and, and, and shared the, the good news of the kingdom of God, gave them something better that that they needed to believe. He, he went after the unchurched. We see Jesus with the woman at the well, right? She's living this sinful, rebellious lifestyle. She's just after a little bit of water. Jesus says, I am the living water. I'm going to quench your thirst. You'll never be thirsty again. This woman gets saved. She finds salvation in that moment. We see Jesus' in her interaction with the D-church. There's this guy named Nicodemus who is a religious leader who had this sense in his heart and his mind that there was something more than what he'd experienced about his faith. And some of you are here like that today, where, where you've got faith, you believe in God, but there's something about it that's, it's just not, it's not fulfilling. Like, you, you sense there's something more than what you've experienced. And I just promise you the answer is yes, there is more. There's absolutely more. And we want to reach all these different people. And so we have a mission. We also have values that support the mission. And if you maybe are a business leader or um, lead some people, you know that values are really important because they align our behavior and our thinking with our mission, they are tests for us. Like, are we living toward the thing that we actually want to accomplish? And one of our one of our values as a church is this: life is a mission, not a vacation. It's on the T-shirts that you see up here. Life is a mission, not a vacation. Now, I will love me some vacation. I'll be honest. Uh, vacation's kind of fun. Uh, in fact, my wife and I we just went on vacation. Went down to Alabama. Went to a Bama game. Roll Tide. They lost, um, but it was good. It's a good game. Uh, She's a Bama grad, so I'm a Bama fan by marriage, but uh, it was a great time, and I loved it. It's one of our personal financial goals that we want every three or four years to be able to fly down, so we save up and do this trip, and it's just awesome. I love going down there to these games. I love vacation. In fact, in the room here, um, shout it out. Like, if you could fly for free anywhere today to go on vacation, where would you go? Give me some place. Hawaii, Germany? Valdez? (laughs) Valdez? Somebody on Wednesday said Wasilla. I was like, I don't... It's pretty easy. Yeah, I love it. I love some vacation. I love it. I love it. We, we, we love going on vacation. Vacation can be a good thing. There's nothing wrong with vacation when you're not running away from something. When you're running towards rest for vacation, that's a good thing. But when you're running away from your life, vacation is not a good thing. Because the, the, the assumption is like, maybe at this point I'll feel, I'll feel better, but... But there's something deeper that's wrong in our lives. You see, we often fill the vacuum of vision with dreams of vacation. When you don't have a vision, you just keep dreaming about the next vacation. Oh, I just can't wait till the next time off. I can't wait till the next hunting trip. I can't wait till the next, like it's a, it's a vacuum of vision for your life. When you just dream of the next vacation, we all need a bigger vision to live for. But some people don't crave vision at all. Can we be honest? Sometimes we're just lazy. Can we be real? Sometimes I'm lazy. Sometimes I don't want better for myself. I'm just like, I just want to sit here with some Little Debbie snacks <laughs> in, a, in a pack of Baja Blast. That's my favorite Mountain Dew. I just want to binge Netflix and waste my life. And that sounds great for five minutes. And at some point you're like, what am I doing? Why do, why do I desire after this? But sometimes we do. Proverbs 13.4 says this, the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. Side note, I think we should bring back the word sluggard. Use that in your house later. Kids, you're being sluggards. Like, do your homework. Like, but, but this is idea that there's people who have a, have a hunger or a thirst for something. There's something in their, in their souls that desires after more but they don't get it because they don't go after it. The, the uh, Text continues to talk about somebody who, it's like they have a table full of food and they're, they're, they're famished, they're so hungry, they just need some food, but they don't have the motivation to just grab the food, pick it up to their mouths. That's lazy, right? Like that's another level of lazy. Like you starve to death at a table full of food. This is what it's like in the world today. There are people who are spiritually starving and Jesus is there everywhere to quench their thirst, to fill... Their stomachs, everything else will, will never be enough. And in fact, I remember this friend of mine in college, he uh, went over to his house, he's like, dude, I got to show you something. I'm like, what? He's like, sit down on the couch. So we sit down on the couch next to him, he's, and he's like, Psh, come on, he calls his dog over, and he, he makes some kind of motion at the dog, and the dog literally runs over to his mini fridge, with his nose, opens the mini fridge, grabs a beer out of the fridge, walks back over to the dude, and hands him the beer, and he's like, aren't you impressed? I'm like, yeah, and I'm a little sad for you. Like, I'm impressed, and I'm also a little bummed out. Like, bro, just walk to the fridge and get your own dang beer. This is just, but this is kind of the the thing. Sometimes we get in this place of life where we get so lazy about the things that we need, and what's going to fulfill is right in front of us. And then there's people around us that have a vision. You know anybody that's got a vision for their life? You know anybody that's like, man, they are after the goals. They are after the dream. Aren't you inspired by people like that, where they wake up in the morning and they know why they exist, and they know what they're going to do, and they see purpose and value in the things that they're putting their time and energy into? Uh, one of the men that I have respected the most in my life is my father-in-law, Cliff. Cliff's passed away uh, a couple years ago from cancer, but I worked with Cliff when I first got married to my wife, Amanda. He uh, he started up a diesel repair shop in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and for 40 years. He woke up at like 4.30 in the morning and would slip his boots on, go get in the truck in the dark, drive down the highway, pull in to the truck stop, start unlocking the doors. There'd be truckers all lined up out there waiting to get tires changed and oil changes and alternators replaced, all kinds of things. And he'd he'd open up the doors and he'd start working every single day. And as he started getting older, his health started declining and everybody in the family was like, Cliff, when are you going to, when are you going to quit? And his answer was always, when you put me in the ground, that's when I'm going to quit, right? Because he just, he loved what he did and he had good balance in his life. He was healthy, but like when he woke up in the morning, he, he had a vision. He believed that he was providing a service that was helpful. He believed in the business that he had. He, he lived with integrity toward that business and towards the people that he served. And he had vision and value for his job. You ever, you ever known somebody that caught a vision? It made me think of this guy in the Bible, uh, this guy named Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was this guy uh, in the Old Testament who heard about the state of Jerusalem. The city had been torn down uh, after the Babylonians had had overthrown them. And so there's just in destruction, and the walls were torn down. And so he felt like it was God's call in his life to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. So he gets to work and as he's at work doing this thing that is the vision for his life, there's these three guys that show up. And these guys, their number one goal is to pull him away from his calling. Their number one goal is to draw him away from the vision for his life. I just want you to know that the enemy will send those people into your life. That as you pursue your calling and fulfill the things God has has called you to do and and created you to do, there will be people who want to draw you away from the vision. What will you say? Well, Nehemiah responds to them in Nehemiah 6.3. He says this. He says, I am engaged in a great work so I can't come. Can you say that about the things that you do? Can you say, like, I'm engaged in a great work. In other words, like, what I'm doing has eternal, intrinsic value. It's so important, I'm not going to be driven by your expectations of me. I'm going to be driven by God's expectations of me. So I'm so busy, I can't come. And he asked a great question, why should I stop working to come meet with you? Some of you guys need to say that. To the things and the people in your life that are trying to draw you away from the most important things in your life. Why should I stop doing what I'm doing to come and meet with you? So we have this mission, we have values, we also have a vision as a church family, and and you'd have to kind of close your eyes and plug your ears to not hear it after about two weeks here at ACF. We say it all the time, and our vision is for it to be in Alaska as it is in heaven. And, and once again like we're not that creative okay this isn't something well, man that's kind of catchy no these are just the words of Jesus basically so the disciples asked Jesus Jesus teach us to pray we don't know how to pray and Jesus teaches them to pray and in that prayer that we know as the lord's prayer he teaches them to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven we just happen to live in alaska we said it's our vision and I believe God's vision that it would be in Alaska as it is in heaven. Now, when you think of heaven, you might think of a lot of things. Like, are we, what are we trying to like, floating on clouds and like little cherubims floating around? No, like heaven on earth is where the story is going. When Jesus teaches them to pray that it would be on earth as it is in heaven, he's teaching them to pray for a promise. The promise is that heaven is coming, friends. Like heaven is coming. God will be living on earth with humanity. Here's what it looks like. It looks like one king. Not many kings, one king. It looks like one kingdom, not not kingdoms fighting against one another. It looks like peace between God and man. It looks like every need supplied. It looks like total acceptance. It looks like people loving God and God loving people. This is heaven on earth. And so what we get to do as God's family is bring that into every day. Like you don't have to wait to die to experience heaven, friends. That's the good news. When you you pray to begin a relationship with Jesus and commit your heart to follow him, we believe that you're filled with the Holy Spirit, that he, 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 he goes into your heart and will inspire you to live this kingdom life in the world around us. And as you live that life, that's the kind of thing that you're going to inspire, is acceptance and love and peace and pointing people's affections toward God. So we have a big mission, don't we? We have a big state. Alaska's a big state. We're proud of that proud of the size. Of it. There's 733,000 people in Alaska. So how are we going to show heaven to all of them? Answer, one person at a time, right? One person at a time. Now, what's, the, what's this going to kind of look like? Well, we've drawn out a bit of a, a roadmap. If we got a mission, we need a bit of a roadmap to go after the mission. This is a roadmap that we've got here. This is our Impact Alaska roadmap. And in the center is kingdom movement. Do you know that before you ever got to Alaska? before I ever got to Alaska, the Holy Spirit was at work in the state. And do you know that after you and I are dead and gone, the Holy Spirit will continue to be at work in the state? Do you know that there are believers, not in this building, in our communities, and way beyond ACF Church that are following Jesus and bringing the kingdom of God everywhere they go? And so this is important that you see this. ACF Church is not the center of kingdom movement, okay? We are not the center of the universe in Alaska. Praise God. God is at work. He's doing things. So what we do is we invest in his kingdom movement. We pour ourselves into what God is already doing in our state. And as we pour ourselves into the kingdom movement, what flows out of that is an impact on our state that will change our businesses, our families, see relationships healed and marriages restored. We're going to see the prison system change. I was at a dinner last night just seeing some amazing things, hearing some stories about what God's doing in Highland Prison and the prisons around our state through so many of you serving faithfully. We'll see mental health impacted and schools being changed and the base being changed by, by this kingdom movement that we're invested in. And here's the thing, this stuff's all happening right now. I mean, I, I wish I had time just to parade the stories up here, but y- this is you guys. If you're like, well, where's the ministry to biz- businesses and families? That's you. you are it. You're the ministry to the businesses and families. You're the ministry to the prison systems and the schools. Like our strategy to reach our state, what is it? It's you. You're the strategy because you are the people of God. You are the kingdom movement that God is doing around us. And there is a lot at stake. As we said earlier, time is short and eternity is long. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says this, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Do you know that you're going to stand before God in the place of judgment? You're like, oh, that's kind of scary. No, if you're a believer, your judgment is different. The the judgment seat in this text, the word is, the the bema seat is actually the word. It's a judgment seat, not for punishment, but for reward. And and you're going to stand before God and and make an account for what you chose to do with maybe the 80 years you got floating around on this rock. Revelation 22, 12 says, look, I am coming soon, bringing my what? My reward. Y'all want some rewards? Like, Two of you want a reward in heaven? Okay, it's me and you guys. No, do you want some rewards? Like, for real, like, does that sound not spiritual enough? No, like, it's good to want reward from God, but in the end, we're not doing it for the reward, but when you are faithful to God, there is a reward in eternity with him. Praise God. Like, I don't know how it works, but somehow your eternal accommodations are affected by what you do today. I don't know what it looks like. All I know is I want it. I want to be a part of it. I want to experience it. I want to see it. So the question I have for you today is this, what mission are you really on? Because I promise you, you're on a mission. And maybe your mission is to be as lazy as possible. Maybe your mission is to, you know, it's, it, it's you know, Little Debbie's in, in Red Bull. I don't know what your mission is, but everybody's got a mission. Maybe your mission is, I want to find that Mr. Right. I want to find that perfect girl. My mission is just get through college, come on. You know, my mission is get these kids out of the house. That's my mission right now. My mission is to try to stay married right now. My mission is to try to just save enough for retirement. Like once I, you see, we've got a lot of missions. The question is, do you have a worthwhile mission? Because you only got a certain number of years on this earth. And is it a worthy mission that you're living for? Does your mission go beyond your household? I think there's a lot of people, and I get it. I've got three kids. My primary ministry is to my children. But let me, let me just tell you that you have to reject the words of Jesus in what's called the Great Commission in order to focus only on your family as your only mission field. You hear this, like the, the kingdom of God is bigger than your plot line of your house. It's bigger than that. So I will, I will serve faithfully my, my kids, my wife, they are my primary ministry, but they will not be my only ministry. Because Jesus said, I want you to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I commanded of you. That's a call to every believer, not just me. So are you living a worthy mission? There are so many people in our church that inspire me. We have a great staff at ACF. Can we just give it up for our staff? Man. If you don't know the people that are on staff at ACF, they're incredible. These are people that are educated, that are talented, um, that have walked away from careers. Some of them, careers making triple what they're currently making just because they believe so deeply in what God is doing through ACF Church. it's amazing, in our serve teams. Can we give it up for our serve teams, people? So good. Oh my goodness. We have amazing people that serve every week. They were shaking hands at the door when you showed up. They made you a cup of coffee. They're in the band behind me. And here's what you need to know about our serve teams, is they don't have any more time than you do. So I'm just going to be real with you. The most common reason that people say they don't serve is because they don't have enough time. So here's what I want you to do. Before you leave, at at the door with one of the serve team members, say, hey, do you have a lot more time than me? I want you to ask them that question. Do you just have, like, a lot of extra time in your life? Is that why you're serving here? What's the answer going to be? No way. They got kids. They got jobs. They got a lawn that's too long that they should have mowed yesterday when it actually stopped raining. Uh, They got stuff. Here's the the difference. They caught a mission. They caught a vision. And they said, I see lives being transformed, and I want a piece of it. And that's why they're serving. So we're going to have a little fun here for a minute, all right? Can we have some fun? We're going to to have some fun here for a minute, and I want to actually introduce some people and and have you just hear some stories of what God is doing through our service teams. And so I want you just to go crazy, and I want you to give it up for our ACF First Impressions team. Come on, give it up! (laughs) play van halen in church i think you can i don't know we just did it hey tell us uh, your name tell us where you serve
1: yeah hey i'm colleen mcgeorge oh yep yep maybe maybe there and i oversee i'm not quiet so i can do it without a mic there you go. i oversee the um first impressions team here there you at go. acf that's right so our mission on the acf team first impressions team is to create an environment where you guys get to hear the grace of Jesus. Mm. So we do that through our greeters. Please don't ask them if they have more time than you. <laughs> um, they're meeting you at the door. We got our usher seating you. Best seats in the house, right in the front here. Yep. Um, coffee, like Brian said, they're giving you your coffee, they're praying for you back in Praise our God prayer for room. Coffee. Praise yeah. God. Right? Um, And they're out at guest services, so if you guys have questions, those are the guys you go to out there to get plugged in, to ask any questions. Our first-time guests get t-shirts back there. And then we have a behind-the-scenes team that makes sure that this place is ready for you when you come in. So after you leave, we get it ready for the next service that comes in. So it's a great place to serve. It's a great starting point. Anybody can do it. You don't even have to be a believer to serve on my team. We'll, we'll take you, and we'll just walk with you in that journey. Yep. So I want to introduce Joseph to you. He's one of my serve team members. How's it going, y'all? Joseph, what do you do on the fit team?
2: Uh, as part of the fit team, I serve in the prayer room.
1: Okay, and why do you serve?
2: Funny enough, I realized at one point in my time that I needed help in my prayer life. I realized it was something that it's something that we always hear being Christians that, you know, just pray about it and just take things to God. But at sometimes we forget that that's sometimes the most important aspect of our relationship with God. He gives us the ability to talk directly to him through prayer. So with that, it just allowed me to help me grow in my prayer life as well.
1: Awesome. Tell me about your favorite moment serving back in the prayer room.
2: (laughs) My absolute favorite moment that I had in the prayer room was actually my very first time serving. It uh, it allowed, it gave me the experience to uh, serve with Christina Barbara, and when we were back there, there was a woman who came back who you could tell that had, she had a, some fear in her eyes. She was very nervous about being here. And when we got to talking to her, she realized, well, we realized that when she wanted to accept Christ into her life, she was so scared about what the enemy and the devil would do to her once she gave her life to Christ. Hmm. It was... It was just that moment of fear and just for her, it was amazing to watch all of a sudden this, just this, this calmness wash over her when she sat there and realized that her faith is more than anything that the enemy can do to any single one of you. He has already given us the ability to win. He has done that for us. And as we were in that prayer room back there, I'm not an emotional person. I, I was crying at this point because she, right then and there, gave her life to Christ. Oh yeah. Said that I will put my faith in you. And that was just the most amazing thing in time that I've had in that prayer room. Very first time. And he there.
1: was hooked. Yeah, he was hooked. Absolutely, So, yeah, yes. if you guys want to join us and just see what it's like, get your feet a little wet, come and join the First Impressions team.
0: Awesome. Give it up. All right, all right. I want to welcome up now our ACF Kids Serve team. Come on, give it up. so good so good what an
3: entrance
0: that is awesome
3: hi everybody i am Alyssa bartlett i am the acf kids ministry director i have the pleasure to have all of my not all of them we got some watching your kids downstairs i promise some of my my amazing who's
0: with the children
3: I don't know. Go ask them. <laughs> I have some of my amazing teachers with me today. I have a few of my amazing kid captains that also serve in ACF Kids. Uh, a lot of you may know, or you may not know, downstairs in ACF Kids, we have an amazing curriculum. Actually, we have five different curriculums. We have one for every single age group downstairs in our kids' rooms, and it meets the kids where they're at, whether they're two-year-old. Whether they're a four year old, whether they're fourth and fifth graders, we want to make sure that when they come to ACF and they come to that Sunday service or Wednesday service, they are learning about God, they're learning about the lessons from the Bible, and they are gaining something, a little bit, a little piece, so that they can come home and tell you about it. So ask them what so they good. learn. Yep. They're learning, I promise. It's awesome. And I had the privilege of having Miss Jenna Strickland. She is one of our amazing teachers. For our Trailblazers. Trailblazers is our fourth and fifth grade kiddos, and they meet at the 830 service over in our youth space. So Jenna, when did you start serving with ACF Kids?
4: Yeah, I started serving in ACF Kids a little over a year ago when I first moved to Alaska from Oregon. Um, I was looking for a way to get plugged into the church, find community just to grow with people. And um, in the past, at my last church, I worked in the youth group. I served on the worship team. Um, So I was like, okay, I might as well do that at my new church. That's what I know. Um, So was going to apply for serving in youth ministry and was just kind of like, okay, something just doesn't feel right about this. Maybe I'm overcommitting. Okay, I I won't do this one. Um, Then I was like, well, I'll serve on the worship team. So got in touch with Mason, was like, "Um, hey, I've played keys my whole life. I'd like to play on worship team. And he sent me a song. Um, That was something I felt like I should have been able to play, but for some reason, my fingers just weren't moving the way I wanted them to move. So I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not supposed to do this. I was like, all right, God, just wherever you want me. And I was sitting in church one day, uh, right over about there, and feeling a little bit discouraged because I just didn't know where my place was. Um, And I saw the sign for trailblazers pop onto the screen and started walking around, and I kept seeing it. There was a sign outside, and I'm like okay, um, maybe this is a sign. Um, so I was like, all right, I don't particularly like working with kids, but all right, God, um, if you want me there. You're hired. Yeah, cool. Uh, so I signed up, got in touch with people, and uh, the next week I was serving down in the elementary room, and then a couple weeks later started up with trailblazers. Awesome. I
3: love it, and we are happy to have you. And just had to ask us one question. Do you like kids? Yes. Okay. We're good. (laughs) They're okay now. (laughs) um, How has your life been positively impacted since you started serving? Um, I'd say first off, the community.
4: Uh, Not just the community of awesome leaders that I get to volunteer with every week. And um, just seeing the kids and being able to grow in that joy together. Um, some mornings just trying to get out of bed, like, all right, drag my feet to church. It's really early. They asked me to be here at 730 this morning. I'm like destructo mode and she brought me coffee. So we're okay. Um, but just being able to come and see that joy, share in that joy. Like there are mornings I've just been so tired and yet I come into trailblazers with, with these guys and, They're just, like, jumping around. They're like, life is so good. And I'm like, all right, I guess life is good. Cool. Um, So they get me fired up, too, and, like, genuinely fired up, not this fake version. And uh, that's just been really impactful for me. I love
3: that. And Jenna, one last question for you. What has been your favorite memory since serving with Trailblazers? I would say first off, baptisms. Um,
4: I love seeing when any kid gets baptized and just come to grow their faith in the Lord and have that representation that they're just publicly wanting to share with everyone, super cool. Um, one of my favorite memories actually happened last week. Um, we were starting to lead live worship at Trailblazers, so at our 8.30 service, um, Jed Carpenter, who's often up here, um, we were like, okay, like, let's, why do you want to play, kids? And they were like, buy in! And we're like, oh, gosh. <laughs> so Jed and I were like, okay, we'll learn this difficult song that we don't particularly... Uh, know how to do this, Um, and they're really high notes out of my range, but I was like, okay, I guess I'm gonna sing this, Um, but getting on stage in front of these fourth and fifth graders, like, all right, guys, let's get fired up for God, and seeing them, we used to watch videos for worship, and seeing them go from kind of standing there watching the videos to having this live expression, and you just hear them say like as I'm singing it they're like let the lion roar and they're all screaming out of the top of their lungs and I'm like whoa okay cool but seeing them just like on fire for God in that way I'd say it's been my favorite memory serving here
0: I love it so good yeah give it up for them you guys all right all right hey let's welcome up our youth and young adults team come on give it up Any uh, starburst injuries in the room? You didn't expect that, did you? I know somebody got hit in the side of the head. First service. Hey, welcome. Well, tell us your name. Tell us where you serve.
5: Yes, my name is Britt, and I get the privilege of overseeing our youth and young adult ministry. Oh, yes. Oh, i just love it. And our mission is for people to be known. To, okay. This is youth ministry. Uh, to be known, valued, connected, and discipled, and this generation is powerful, powerful for christ. And good what man. we want to invite you guys is to walk alongside them. And you don't have to do that perfectly, but this is the church. Mm, and we good. want to invite you guys to invest in them. And I have one of our students up here today to share about leaders and how it's impacted her life. But why should someone consider being a leader to this generation? Yeah. So
6: my name is Lena. <laughs> I. I am 13 years old, and I've been going to youth group for about three years now, and it's really important to have a leader in your life because it's a role model that you can look up to, and someone who you can go to that's outside of your family and be like, hey, I got a few questions about God. What can you tell me? And like Britt said, you don't have to do it perfectly. Just be there for us in that time. And.
5: You've had a leader that's had an impact on your life and your story. Can you share
6: a little bit about that? So last year, I was going through a pretty hard time at school. I had a friend group for about three-ish years, and they were starting to fall apart. And friends mean a lot to me, so this really impacted me in how I acted around people. And one night, I went to youth group, and I was not myself. I was distracted, low energy, not in the right mind space to be around people, and normally I am pumped up. I'm ready to go. I would be the loudest, but Randolph's always there, so that's not true.
0: (laughs) Come on. Low blow, low blow. And
6: a youth leader noticed and was like, hey, you seem pretty down. What's going on? Like, are you okay? And let me, I vented. I was like, girl, you have no idea. And I said word, I like spewed. It was like a waterfall. And she, she didn't complain one time. She sat there, gave me really good advice, and some of that advice was just go back up to God. You belong to him. You're wanted by him. You're heard by him. You're loved by him, and during that time, I felt none of that. I felt like I was just thrown away, like I meant nothing, and having that reassurance that somebody wants me and that I'm heard, it it really felt good that i'm not alone Mm. and she was there for me and she just really helped me through this time of trouble and it was it was really cool so So good good. well
5: and yeah, we can celebrate that um but middle schoolers high schoolers young adults they look really cool and they can be intimidating. And so what would you say to someone who's like, man, I'm on the fence or I'm not sure if I'm relevant or I can be a part of this. What would you say to that person sitting in this room?
6: I say go for it. <laughs> You're going to experience so much craziness, loudness, silliness, weirdness. I could go on and on of what you'll experience. And, but most importantly, we are willing to take an advice. We need somebody in our life who's just going to direct us towards God, who's going to lead us in our journey through Christ, and especially through middle school and high school years, because we all know they're tough.
0: Come on, preach. Preach. So good. Give it up for them. All right, all right. Well, we'd love to have every team up here, but we have our final team come up here. So uh, welcome up our worship and production team. Come on. good. Well done. <laughs> What's, up? What's up? How you doing? Man? Welcome.
7: What's up? I'm Mason Venthouse. I lead the worship and production team and a few others, and we'll get into what those look like. But first of all, I just want to share why we do what we do. And all my teams, we, we exist because we want to create experiences that draw people's hearts towards Jesus. We want to create those moments and those opportunities for you to connect with your maker. And so we do that through a variety of different mediums and methods, whether that's music, whether that's video, content, whatever it looks like, we, we try to do that with excellence to the best of our ability, because one, we think that our God deserves our very best from yeah. us. And when we give him our best, that's an act of worship, right? Yeah. Secondly, we think you deserve our very best, our, our church, our congregation. As we try to lead you in worship, we try to lead you to Jesus, you deserve the best from us in that process. And lastly, we think the, the unchurched and the, the de-churched in our community, they deserve the best from us, because the, the gospel message is the most important thing they're, they're ever going to hear. Amen. And so it deserves to be portrayed uh, with beauty, with excellence, integrity, all those things. And so that's why we do what we do. Uh, I'll just give you a quick rundown on the teams I, I, I oversee. So first, uh, probably most obviously, we have our worship team, which can you give, give these guys a hand? Just some unreal talent. I'm very, very proud of these guys. Very proud of these guys. I'm very grateful for them. But we can always use more. We can always use more musicians and vocalists. So if you think you got what it takes out there, I encourage you to come try out. We have an audition process. It's not scary. It's not American Idol. It's just like me, okay? <laughs> You're just gonna be auditioning to me, it's, it's fine. Um, the worst that's gonna happen is I will tell you, not yet, okay? Not yet until you reach these standards, you can be on the team. So that's the worst that would happen. Uh, another team I oversee you probably have never heard of is called The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. And this team is near and dear to my heart, okay? Because these guys, they make breakfast for us every Sunday morning and deliver that to the team members that are serving all Sunday morning long. So such a blessing. Thank you so much if you're on that team. We love you. We yeah. really do. Uh, so maybe, yeah, yeah, give them a hand. Breakfast Club. kind of kind of a secret team. We're, we're pulling out of the shadows, all right? So maybe music isn't your thing, but you can cook. Like, we have a place for you. Come on. We have a spot it. for you, all right? We love bacon. Just jump, throwing that out there. Um, Let's see. We have our production team, and that's these guys in the booth back here. Give it up here. for the team. Give them a hand. <laughs> these are the unsung heroes back there. Uh, yeah, no one no one thinks about them until stuff goes wrong, and then yeah, all those, the, the everybody looks swivel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's going on? Um, but no, these guys are, they're taking care of our sound, all the lighting, the stuff you're seeing on screen, they're managing all that stuff. So all the technology and equipment you see in the room. So hugely important role. If you're a person out there that you love like new technology, new gear, you look up like YouTube reviews of new stuff. This might be a great fit for you. Those are skills and gifts you can use for the kingdom. And then last but not least, we have our uh, online team and this is kind of, that's, yeah. yeah, this is Michelle's team here. Uh, the online team, uh, this is kind of a subset of production team, but they're responsible for capturing our services and streaming them online in the, the digital realm. And so uh, it, you may not know this, but there is a few hundred people that tune into our services each week online. A few hundred. Yes, yeah, it's, it's own like service, it's, it's own thing out there. So big role, uh, a really cool position in that team is something called the online host of which Michelle Caldwell is one. Yeah, give her your give hand. Give it. hand. So an online host, they're, they're, they're taking prayer requests, they're interacting with people online, just trying to build that community. But there's been some really cool moments that have happened. Michelle, could you share some of those moments you've experienced as an online host?
8: Absolutely. Thank you. Shout out to our online family. You are important. We love you. We do love you. <laughs> um, I have two really just impactful moments um, that I'd like to share. Um, I love serving. I absolutely love it. It just, it just really fe- fills me fills me and so I want you to know that you fill me hopefully I've helped fill you a little bit all for the army all for God right Mm. um so the two stories two stories true stories um sitting online at Easter service you all are all at Eagle River High School partying it up doing baptisms and it's just rocking the roof and we can tell that online we can see the passion we can see it going on we can see God moving and all of a sudden one of the one of the um Online family says, a mom says, we want to be baptized. And I'm like, whoa, wait, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And so I reach out. On, I get out my phone and texting, and I get out my iPad, and I'm IMing there, and I'm reaching out to anybody that I've seen in the service. Um, what do we do? And I'm like, get in your car. Get in your car. Drive. Go see Pastor Brian. He's going to do this today. You're going to rock it. And it worked. Yeah. That family was baptized. I love Praise it, Jesus. So good. Yay. Man. And we do, we serve all kinds of things. So we get people who are tuning in because they're on vacation in Florida, you know. We get people in Afghanistan who are serving in the military. We get people from all over the world. But one of the biggest impacts was right here in our parking lot. Right here in our parking lot, there was somebody. There was, there was a young person sitting in a car in the parking lot, but they were online. And they were just chatting online with a prayer request and, you know, just pray for me. And then they said, I said... Go in, you know, and, and they're and they're like, No, I'm I'm not worthy. I don't know if I can be here tomorrow. I don't know if if, it's, if this if I can look, if I can go on. And whew, I'm just me, you know? That is big stuff. And I'm thinking, what do I do? And again I reach out. Reach out to all the people that I see, all the people that I can see in, in, in the audience and go to the parking lot. You know, I'm asking, what color car do you have? Is it a Subaru? Is it a Dodge Ram? What are you sitting in? And they did. Somebody went out in the parking lot and found this person and brought them in. And they are now part of our army. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the impact back is just huge. So thank you for the privilege for serving you. I look forward to you joining our family.
0: That's awesome. Give them a hand. That's good. Well, hey, these have been amazing stories. I, I hope you're inspired. I know I am, just by hearing about what God is doing as people live on mission. And I hope what you hear today is that it's not the quality of your vacation, but it's the quality of your mission that leads to the value of your life. And, and I, want, I want that for you. And I hope, I hope you haven't heard that, like, man, they must be really hurting for people. What you need to know is this, our teams are doing awesome. Like, we have amazing teams. This is not a cry for help. This is not like, oh, we can't fill out the teams. This is, we want this for you. Like, I really want this. I want you to be part of the mission and experience the joy of being part of a story like that. And I promise you, if you lean in, it can happen for you. And so I want to encourage you to do that. On your seat somewhere was a card. If you want to pull that out real quick, it looks like this on the screen. And if you're online with us, there'll be a link for you to click as well. And we would love to just get some information from you. And if God's just touching your heart today, saying, hey, it's time to stop being a consumer and start being a contributor. It's time to stop just showing up. And, and maybe the, the, the purpose that you're looking for is found in being part of making things happen. And if you sense that's the case, I want you to take a next step today and fill that card out before you leave. And you can go out to one of the tables uh, with the T-shirts as you walk out of the church building. There's a table there. I want you to turn in that card. They're going to give you a t-shirt here that says life is a mission, not a vacation. If you're on a serve team already, the shirts aren't for you. Sorry, you already have like 10 shirts. So this is for just brand new people who are just serving or just jumping on a team for the first time. And know this, the first team may not be a good fit. You might find a different team and we will help you on the journey. So I'm so excited just to see you take your next step and to see us continue forward this fall. We've got a lot of things planned. I'm excited for what God's going to do in our church and through you as we lean in to his kingdom. Can you pray with me? Jesus, thank you so much for this moment in time and thank you for the chance to invest in people. God, it's a privilege to serve your church. And, and God, we, we just come back to the reality that we serve because you first served us. We love because you first loved us. Jesus, you live the most purposeful life that ever existed because you showed up on mission. So God, may we experience that as well, in small ways. We'd experience seeing the, the light bulb turn on as somebody understands the gospel for the first time. We would experience the joy of seeing a child experience love and acceptance when maybe they don't get it at home. God, that we'd experience the joy of seeing somebody who is considering ending their life decide to make it one more day because there was a community that would surround them and love them. God, we we want that uh, more in our city, God. We just, we we know that people need that. So use us as you will, God. We, We trust that you will equip us to do the things you call us to do. It's not on us. We'll just be faithful to your call in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, love you guys.